At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Negative M. I.P. With Masamela Matsumal. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, in the midst of all this going on, who better to talk to than the executive director of Fair Vote and the author of Rat Eft? <laughs> Why your vote doesn't count. And then also, most recently, unrigged, how Americans are battling back to save democracy. David Daly joins us. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Reverend Mark? I'm, I'm good. Pleasure to have you on the show, oh, as always. We weren't surprised by the vote in the Senate. I mean, we all knew what was going to happen. We knew what Cinnamon Mansion said they were going to do. But, David, as you watched it unfold, and I... Uh, put myself through the ordeal of sitting in the gallery for it. I've never done that before. Oh, um, uh, it, it it was. I don't think I'll ever do it again either. But <laughs> just sitting there watching the hypocrisy unfold and watching cinema loudly proclaim. I don't think anybody's ever said I yes with more <laughs> yeah with more enthusiasm. But what what was going through your mind when that was was taking place? Profound sadness for the state of our democracy in the year 2022. When you look around the country, when you look at what's coming out of state legislatures nationwide, the voting restrictions, the additional barriers to the polls that are being placed in front of especially communities of color across the South, but not only across the South, the voter purges, the, the precinct closures, everything that has followed in the in the in the dreadful wake of the Supreme Court decision in Shelby County back in 2013. Um, this Congress had the opportunity to stand up and do something about it at a moment in which it's just really clear that if they don't, we are not going to recognize our electoral system perhaps as as soon as this election cycle or the next one. They had the ability to put an end to partisan gerrymandering. They had the ability to establish some really clear electoral standards for every state to follow on, on voter registration, on the number of days of early voting that would make it free and fair, whether you live in Oregon or Mississippi, whether you live in a wealthy suburb of Atlanta, or whether you live in the city. And then they had the ability to restore preclearance to the Voting Rights Act that the court undid in the, in the Shelby case with the John Lewis Act. And this Congress 
just wasn't able to get it uh, uh, done. And this president couldn't push it across the finish line. The Democratic Party couldn't muster the votes to end the filibuster and restore some semblance of majority rule to the U.S. Senate. And the Republican Party stood in lockstep against the idea of voting rights. Even though in 2006, when the, the Voting Rights Act was reauthorized with preclearance, it was passed unanimously by a Republican Senate, passed by a Republican House, and signed by a Republican president. Uh, it's 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 a thoroughly bleak set of affairs. And, and, and hearing that, I mean, people have been saying that, well, put it this way, Democrats have been saying that it's not all their fault. Republicans should be held accountable, too. I think for the reason you said, because they've authorized it before. But let's face it, we know yeah. what what this is probably the most extreme obstructionism we've ever seen in, in this modern moment. And Mitch McConnell pretty much let us know in 2008 that he would exercise his ability to block everything. Uh, and he's been doing it. So that being said, um, that's why it was even more critical for Manchin and Cinema right. to do something about it. Um, let me ask you this. Well, well, what you said, and folks, uh, David and I were on uh, Reverend Jackson's show over the weekend. I believe you put some numbers out there, if I'm not mistaken, about the the smaller percentage that is represented by those in the Senate who would not uphold voter protections, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about a minority of, of not only senators, but we're also talking about a, a, a minority of senators who rep, senators who represent as his senators for slip a minority of senators who represent a minority of the population in the states too right that's absolutely right i mean the american electoral system at just about every level is wired towards white minority rule and in the us senate even though there's 50 Democrats and 50 Republicans, the 50 Democrats represent 41 million more people. And the 50 Democrats, if you were to add up all of the votes that were cast for all 100 members of the U.S. Senate, the 50 Democrats received 26 million more votes than the 50 Republicans. So when you look at not only the structural imbalance of the U.S. Senate, which gives extra representation and effectively a veto power over what the majority would like to do. When you look at what gerrymandering has done to the U.S. House, both partisan and racial gerrymandering to the House, but also to state legislatures around the country, when you look at the imbalance in the Electoral College that, again, is effectively triggered by the way that we award the electoral votes to every state for the U.S. Senate um, that gives smaller, whiter, more conservative rural states an extra voice in the Electoral College and has allowed two presidents this century to be elected without the popular vote. And then when you put that together with 
the role that those presidents play in selecting members of the Supreme Court and the role that the imbalanced U.S. Senate plays in confirming those nominees who then gut the Voting Rights Act and allow those gerrymandered legislatures to pass ever more restrictive voting rules, well, five of the six Supreme Court justices in this conservative bloc were appointed by presidents that lost the popular vote and were confirmed by a U.S. Senate that lacks a popular legitimate majority. This is the state of our democracy. And and uh, uh, barely a democracy, if a democracy at all. Barely. Uh, uh, it, it is. More MIP after this message. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to Geico becomes an easy choice. Switch to Today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. So what are we going to do, David? I mean, what um, I know we were also on folks and he was on the sh my show as well, uh, attorney Griggs, who's talking about executive orders. When I talked to him one-on-one, -on -one, I took, I listen, I took a step further. Cause I'm like, he was like, use lawsuits to enforce the remaining provisions mm -hmm. of the voting rights act. But you know what I said, David, and I, and I wonder your reaction to this. I said, now I'm gonna go back in history. Uh, Eisenhower, JFK, RFK. And I guess in some instances, LBJ, they didn't go to court. It was a law. They sent either federal marshals in or they federalized the National Guard. And I'm like, so and maybe that's why I'm not the president or the attorney general, because that's I wouldn't even waste time with. That. I'd send uh, marshals or federalize these states guards to make sure that people's voting rights were enforced under the 15th Amendment and 65 Voting Rights Act. I mean, that's what I would do. But that's me. And that, I, that's how I am. But what, what what are we going to do? I think that's a, a bold and important step, and we should be talking about it. Absolutely. Um, because you, you've touched on, uh, on the real problem here, right? Which is that it's, we can file as many Section 2 claims as we want. This Supreme Court, they're not going anywhere. Um, so I'm all for having Merrick Garland aggressively pursue Section 2 claims in Texas and Georgia, in, in Florida and Arizona, but I don't have any faith that they're going to be upheld by a Supreme Court that has been uh, not only an institutional wrecking crew on voting rights, but that, I mean, John Roberts has been this guy ever since he first came to Washington as a young aide at the Justice Department in, in 1982. He's been fighting against Section 2. His life's work 
is undermining voting rights. Uh, so the idea that his court is going to somehow be a bulwark uh, in this moment, uh, I think, would be faith profoundly placed in the wrong institution. Um, so we have to think differently. I mean, I think we have got to be thinking about adding states, adding senators. We've got to be thinking about adding justices to this Supreme Court. The trouble is that all of that requires a lot more votes in the U.S. Senate uh, than Democrats have right now. And so somehow they've got to go out and win more votes, even though they haven't been able to deliver on what they said they'd deliver on. Um, they've got they've got a an overpromising gap. They've got um, um, and then they're still going to have to overcome all of the new barriers that have been placed in front of them in in these close Senate races like Georgia and Wisconsin and Arizona. Um, it's it's it, it's really uphill. Um, no, I, I I agree. More MIP after this message. And and also, what I'm saying, as bold as it is, you know, I think Biden has to do it yeah. because there's morale. Because I think one of the things that has happened is people feel misled. And I think we have to do a better job of telling people how it works because people thought we said they were all of us. You do what we need you to do in November of 2020. And we do what we need. You do what we need you to do in Georgia. We'll have a majority. Yeah. Right. And people, they was, wait a minute, I thought you said we had a majority, Reverend Mark. And it's not a genuine majority. So it's like our credibility. It is. It, it is, is on the line. And I mean, you know, and I don't know, you know, at some point when we debrief on all this and do some accountability control did, did anybody know when we were saying we'd have a majority that these two had every intention of making sure we were not going to have a majority in advance and that's what i'd be wondering about did anybody know the mansion and cinema were going to be this extreme but again we'll 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 get to that um but i'll put you on the spot what what would you say to voters who feel that way like you know David, Mark, we we did this, and and it it meant nothing. The party, the members of the party that we voted for, betrayed us. They aren't real Democrats or whatever. What 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 do you think can be said? And and feel free too, because I think what's important is that as we're educating people, I mean, what you're doing and what what Fair Vote is doing, I think people need to hear some of the new options and ideas too. Hopefully, that can be a source of hope. And inspiration because the, the same old same old well let's just vote for democrats when all no, y'all got to tell us if we vote for democrats what they gonna do because these ain't doing what they said they're gonna do so i mean what what what's your advice to, to people who are listening no i understand that uh, i understand that and 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 i feel it profoundly myself you know i feel the same sense of disappointment and um betrayal might be too too hard of a word because I think a lot of these Democrats, you know, 48 or 50 of them were willing to, you know, stand up and fight for this. Um, I wish we'd seen more out of the president over the course of a year. Um, but um, I, I, I understand where people are at. I waited in line for seven hours to vote and you told me you'd have a majority and you'd fix these things and you had the majority, you didn't fix them. 
So now you're telling me you need a bigger majority to go off and do that? Uh, all right. Um, listen, I start my first book on the night that Barack Obama was elected president. Um, and if you go back and you look at the coverage of that night, people thought that people were talking as if we fixed racism in this country. People were talking as if the Democratic Party was going to have a permanent governing coalition that was multiracial and multi-generational, stretching forward as, as, as far as the eye could see. Um, and what did the Republicans do? Uh, they said, oh, yeah, you know, the 2008 election was historic, sure, but the 2010 election can be more consequential because that's when the census happens and the year after that we're going to redraw all these voting districts. And if we have a strategy to go out and win a bunch of state legislative races in 2010 in a year in a midterm election in which voters just don't show up, that'll matter more. And I think you can make the case that they were right, that the 2010 election in which Republicans took control of state legislatures in Georgia and Alabama and North Carolina and Pennsylvania and Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin and Florida, that, that mattered more than the election of Obama in 2008 because they have not given up control of those chambers since. And so the lesson to us here is that one election doesn't fix it. You can't fix this at the top. We've got to fix this by all of us getting involved and staying involved in every single election, that the rot runs deep. It's not going to be fixed with any one election. And anything that you win has got to be defended and you've got to keep showing up at the polls constantly. You know, that we like to think about voting rights in this country as, uh, you know, in Dr. King's uh, uh, words as sort of, you know, a, a, a moral arc of the universe being long but bending towards justice. But that's not been the history of Voting Rights Act in this country. The arc of justice has been a tug of war. And it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been a step forward and a couple steps back. And it's been backlash. Uh, and that is the permanent state of things. And we have to always have our hands on that tug of war and be pulling it in the direction we want it to go if we want to have any chance of a country that lives up to the ideals that we would like it to live up to. And, and folks, frankly, I think what David is also saying, and I would agree, it, it, he said it's been a tug of war. That means those who are opposed to our voting rights have not stopped in the past 150 years. Exactly. So if someone is trying to prevent you from voting for 150 years. They mean it. They mean it. And we can't afford to just give up because they're not going to stop. So, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're, we're caught in this and we may as well uh, stand on our own two feet and win um, uh, doing it. I think I called you executive director of Fairville. You're actually senior fellow, but uh, uh, <laughs> I'll take the promotion. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's cool. You deserve it. Um, in closing, though, um, someone who, you know, some of the things Fair Vote has advocated, you know, ranked choice voting and all of that. Someone who early on, uh, when it was not, when it was probably not popular, that was talking about those things, and that was Lonnie Guinier. Yeah. Um, and um, she just passed away recently. As we go, I just want to give you an opportunity to, to say a couple of words about her and just, you know, where that fight is. Because it seems to me, man, you know, see that, see that still sets us back. We want to talk about 
you know, rank choice and other things. Um, and especially for we, we David haven't talked about the state level. See, we got to do we got to deal with that to deal with the gerrymander. Now, I'm jumping ahead, though. Now, the before I forget it, I, it is my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. Although the fear was that Republicans in the states might be able to gerrymander a majority based upon the redistricting. It looks as if that's no longer the case, that the way it's working out, they won't actually. Is That's what that's what my understanding. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I think that there's some conventional wisdom forming in the political media, but I don't think it's right. Here's what I would say about the state of Congress. Five seats separate the two parties in the U.S. House. Democratic candidates won 4.7 million more votes back in 2020, but they only held the chamber by five seats. So will Republicans net five seats through redistricting alone this year? Yes. Uh, Texas, Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, New Hampshire, Tennessee, Kansas, Missouri, they will certainly net more than what Democrats are able to gain in Illinois and New York and Oregon. Um, will it be the 12, 13, 14 seat edge that some people thought might be possible? No. But will it be more than five? Absolutely. Um and what they've also done is they've wiped competitive seats off the board. So the seats that Democrats won back in 2018, they won a seat in Oklahoma City. They won a seat in Salt Lake City. There's a competitive seat in Indianapolis. Republicans have wiped those seats off the board by cracking those blue cities in red states three, four, five different ways. They've just taken Nashville, Tennessee, uh, which elects a single Democrat. Um, and they've cracked Nashville in three different directions, and they're going to claim that seat. Um, and then they've done, and so on top of that, Republicans have secured and 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 sort of bolstered the advantages that they had in places like Texas and Georgia, um, and they've done that through really aggressive racial gerrymanders that perhaps the partisan impact will not be quite as big as what people thought, but the impact on communities of color and representation is going to be massive. And it's going to be as if the start, you know, so there are states like Arizona and Texas that were getting closer and closer to representational fairness over the course of the last decade. And what these new maps in those states is gonna do is move the finish line another 10 years down the road. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I just had some bad information in. So they'll, they'll. No, act no. I mean, I mean, the Politico is writing it. The Associated Press is writing it. You know, Dave Wasserman is talking about it. Uh, but I, I think the analysis is fundamentally wrong. Yeah. 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 Well, that's okay. So, so that's not comforting at all. But what I, what I was going to say before I yeah. reminded myself. What sorry. I said, no, 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 that's fine. No, that's, that, I, I mean, we need to hear that. We probably need to do some more follow-up on that. Um, the other things we like to see done, you know, people like you who lead us in those areas. I mean, you almost get, you get off of that focus and distracted because you just have to deal with the basic right to vote. 
let alone we start talking about ranked choice voting and other things. But if you don't mind a, a, a word or two about yeah. the pioneer in that field for many of us, Lana Guinier. She was a, a hero of so many of us um, and was just talking about these questions of democracy and proportional representation before they were headlines, right? Before we were talking about democracy and, and, and voting rights and how we have a, a nation that lives up to its ideals. She was living it. Uh, you know, the, the first woman um, of color to be tenured at Harvard Law School. Um, she lived this at, at great personal expense. We all recall what Bill Clinton did to her after nominating her to be assistant uh, attorney general in the Civil Rights Division and effectively pulled that nomination out from under her and the 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 attacks on her in the press as being a, a quota queen, all because she had the courage to come forth and talk honestly and openly and ahead of her time about the nature of representation and how we elect and and frankly how this country makes good on a promise of democracy that it has failed to live up to for the bulk of these of these years and she was bold and daring and unafraid to speak to these issues and she influenced uh generations to come uh through her her teaching and her thinking and the wisdom of her ideas and we're going to make them come true yeah we will we must we must continue this fight folks uh, folks, we invite you as always to check out fairvotes.org. Also, check out both of David's books, Unrigged How Americans Are Battling Back to Save Democracy and Rat Eft Why <laughs> Your Vote um, Doesn't Count. Um, David, let's talk more and more this year. We've got a lot to do, folks. We got to, as I said, they, they're not stopping uh, as much yes. as, as weary as we may be. Uh, we can't stop ourselves. David, thank you, buddy. Anytime. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. 
Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.